I play the I'll get friends with the kid card. Ah, nice uh, angle. Yeah. So... And I, I love kids anyway, so I was like, I'm a kid myself. I was only like 21, maybe, 21, 22. And I went down the beach and just played with sandcastles and, and just mucked around with Mia the whole night. Good move. Um, yeah, so I always say that I fell in love with Mia before I fell in love with Alex, because I did. Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gadinsky, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. Welcome back to another episode of Talking in Common. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Kate. (laughs) Welcome back, babe. We are back. The famous (laughs) old line. Stole my line. What's, What's news? What's happening? Uh, um, I feel great today. I'm having a good day. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like pumped. I'm amped. I'm ready for this. I'm excited to share this conversation, this episode today, because it's so random. It's so random and so exciting. And it's our first ever dad. <laughs> Go the dads. Finally, we are talking to a male on Talking in Common. Not mm. There's no reason why we haven't We've previously. been searching for a good dad. We have, and we think we have found a pretty good one. Well, mm. if our chat that we had with him is anything to go by, I think we found a pretty... Pretty great guy yep. to have on as our first dad. It was a great chat and the guy knows how to chat, that's for sure. He loves a good chat. Yeah. He was absolutely so nice to talk to you and we are talking about the legendary Brendan Favola or Fev. A.K.A. Fev. <laughs> so you and I do have a little bit of a connection to Fev. Well, when I say connection, my husband is a tragic Carlton supporter. Yeah. And so are my five brothers. So we basically just did this so we could get some jerseys signed. (laughs) (laughs) We should have asked him. We didn't do that. (laughs) All of my five brothers and all of the male nephews all go for Carlton as well. It's like a tradition in my family that all the males go for Carlton. And so, of course, you know, they're all old big Fev supporters and I feel like I probably know, not that I know anything about footy, but I probably know more about Carlton and Brendan Favola than I do about my own team just because of growing up with them all being such big Tragic Carlton, Carlton yeah, supporters. Yeah, tragic, tragic is the perfect word for it actually. My two daughters are also Carlton supporters and I think we've spoken before about this. It can be quite disheartening. Well, not so much for Lulu. She doesn't understand that much yet, but Nina gets so excited when she's like, yay, daddy, do we get a goal or do we kick? It's like, yeah, but it's very rare that you hear those, uh, the Carlton song getting played at the end. Yeah, so, that was anyway, funny. He talked about that actually. It's not always he? about winning, is it? Mm, anyway, it's not about winning. good enough, lesson. Enough about this. What do we have in common? Yeah, what do we have in common this week? Shit. <laughs> Literally, shit. <laughs> You're full of it. <laughs> Oh, gosh. No. Are you talking about the poo talk? Yes, poo talk. Oh. Um, so, so f- Really? We're, we're, we're bringing the poo talk into the clearly, pod content? Clearly today we did not plan what we were going to talk about <laughs> for what we have in common. No, Soph said to me literally just before we started recording, I feel like I talk about poo a lot. And I'm like, me too. Oh, my God. So I'm currently, or I should say we, Mackie and I are currently in the process of toilet training 
Lulu. Happy days. Happy days. Although she sounds like she's doing so well. She is doing really, really well. We've got a little sticker chart that Nina made for her and she's really good at doing those wheeze on the toilet. We're still working on the poos. Yeah. So there's been quite a few instances in the past few weeks where there's been a lot of poo on Lulu, on me, on the floor, on the toilet and I've been cleaning up a lot of poo. But you know what? We will get there. Yeah. Well, actually, it was funny because when I was here at your house recently, I had two funny poo instances, one of them being that when I got here, you two were off, you and Mackie were off busy doing something and Lulu had done a poo and I could smell it. So I was like, do you want me to come on, I'll come and change your nappy for you. And she kept saying to me, I want to go to the toilet. I was confused. I didn't know that she was at that stage yet. I didn't know what was going on. She was like, no, I want to do, do it in the toilet. But I was like, but you've already done it. I was like, Kate. Uh. <laughs> Godmother anyway. of the Year Award goes yeah. to Sophie. <laughs> yeah, went away, changed her nappy, freshened her up. Poor girl, kind of a walking around with a stinky nappy. But meanwhile, when I was doing that, little honey girl was sitting in there getting into all Nina and Lulu's things. Like she had thought all her Christmases had come at once. She's busy getting into all their toy cupboard. And it was actually really frightening. I spoke to you about it yeah. afterwards, didn't I? She got into these little like, what were they? Called? Like glass beads, little like. Nina calls them wishing stones. And wishing actually stones. they shouldn't have even been within reach for honey or for Lulu in that matter because mm. they're the perfect little Mm, size sized things yeah. that little kids want to put in their mouth. Yeah, which is exactly Glass what bees. Honey did. And I came back after changing Lulu's nappy and saw Honey playing with them and I think she had one in her mouth and I was like, oh, baby, spit it out, spit it out, you know, don't eat there and put them away and just got a bit of a fright like, gosh, that was a real choking hazard. I should have been more observant of what she was playing with. But then the next day... Honey does a poo in her nappies, this weird clear bubble. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then, of course, it turned out to be one of those beads. So she did actually so swallow frightening. one. Like that is so frightening. I feel so bad that I left those things around, but so frightening that she swallowed it. But thank God she's completely yeah. fine. Yeah. But, but, you know, good reminder. Like yeah. it's always a really good reminder. And we always talk about those little button batteries and how scary they are and I don't know you, you know just keep your eyes on your children at all time people is is I suppose what we're trying to say except but for when you're changing your besties <laughs> <laughs> little toddler's nappy <laughs> oh god no do you know what these things happen don't they they and do they do they definitely do it's just a part of parenting but I swear to god I have never spoken about poo as much oh. as I have in my life since having children and it's funny that it just becomes like a general topic of conversation between like you and your partner or you and your friend we or you and your We also went mom. out for dinner with another girlfriend last week and the three of us I noticed talked I about poo for like the first I 15 know. minutes like we're what? out for dinner what the hell to catch up and we're talking about poo yeah let's move on from the poo talk because I think yeah not everyone might want to talk about poo I just have such an interest in it though <laughs> It's bowel movements are just such a strong indicator of like the health of your child. So I'm like, what was the colour of the poo? What was the consistency <laughs> of the poo? Let's talk about shit. No, let's not talk okay. about shit anymore. Look, we'll do a whole episode dedicated to it <laughs> no, just for you. No, we definitely won't. So another thing that we, you know, both love talking to Fev about is he's a dad of four girls. So yeah. So he lives with his four daughters and his wife, Alex. So he's really outnumbered in that house. Yeah. And I've obviously got two girls. You've got one little girl. So we're all about the girl gangs at the moment. Yep. And, you know, he clearly loves it. He, I think he must be a real 
big softy Fev mm. came he, across like that, he didn't was, he? He yeah. He he really was such a good guy. Like, you know, when we first had the idea of – well, I can't really say we had the idea <laughs> of having him as a guest, can I? No, look – my beautiful dad was doing an interview on the Fifi Fever Nick show and I was actually listening and mm. he was talking about – he was on there for a completely different reason mm. and, of course, he randomly throws the plug in for talking in common, which, look, we're not going to complain about that. Absolutely not. Bless but him. then also goes on to say to Fev, you should go on the podcast. They're looking for some males. <laughs> so he literally put Fev on the spot on live radio and his response was, I'll go on, Yeah, you know. I we were like, we've got that recorded. I don't know if he actually thought we were going to follow through with it, but we did. So so good on him for staying true to his commitment and good on your dad for always plugging mm. us. Bless him. Love, love him. you, dad. Love, yeah, yeah. Love, you, love you forever, MG. But I don't think we ever would have thought of Bev, Bev no. if your dad hadn't have done that. And um, I'm so I, glad we did go I'm so ahead glad with we it did. though. Because yeah, because he just actually was such a really, like he was just really nice guy. He was super easy to talk to. He was really open, really um, generous in his conversation, just really lovely. And like I felt like I was talking to one of my brother's friends or one of our mates or, you know, he was. Made us feel very comfortable and the conversation flowed and yeah. as you said, he was very generous with what he shared with us. Yeah. So maybe let's stop talking about him. But let's give a little bit of, you know, back history on Fev for anyone who doesn't know because if you're anything like us and don't know a lot about football you might be thinking who but he was a highly renowned and accoladed footballer who after some very personal struggles turned his life around he's now a favorite radio personality on the very popular morning show Fifi Fev and Nick it's pretty evident when you talk with Fev that he is a dedicated family man to his wife and four daughters who are clearly his pride and joy Fev really opened up about his family life, his career, his battle with mental health and addiction. He was honestly so genuine and kind-hearted with his conversation and sharing his story with us. So enough about him, here he is. Fev, welcome to Talking in Common. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. We're so looking forward to having you on today. You're not our typical guest. No, I've heard that. But you are our first ever male, first ever dad on Talking In Common. It's a bit nerve wracking. We feel like you're such a great example of someone who has really turned their life around, had a complete career change, as well as raising four beautiful daughters with your wife, Alex. So thank you for joining us and welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Had a few ups and downs (laughs) the old life, but um, yeah, it's all been topped off now with, you know, having the four daughters and my new baby and yeah, life's pretty good. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. So, Fev, let's start with your childhood. Yes. We want to hear a little bit about what your life was like before mm-hmm. your footy career and before the whole country knew of Brendan Favola. Well, I was actually born at the Royal Women's in Carlton and obviously got drafted to Carlton, which is a bit weird, and yeah. spent half my life training around the corner. And then my mum and dad moved down to a place called Narry Warren down the southeast. And I started playing footy at about four or five when I went to primary school, all wow. these kids, because I'd never played footy before. So my dad was a lacrosse player. So he played for Australia yeah. and state lacrosse. My uncle played ice hockey. He went over to America and my grandfather, Pierre, he was a like, basketball and soccer coach. Wow. Really so footy was never family. in, yeah, never. It was all, you know, the wogs are doing yeah. the woggy stuff <laughs> and I never got to do any footy. So when I went to Nary 
station back then, you know, it was really Aussie sort of school and they all played footy and I didn't know what footy was. Yeah, so right. I thought I'll just play this game and signed up to like the under nines at five. And then, um, you know, by under tens, I'd played like a hundred games cause I was so young because wow. I played under nines at five, six, seven, eight, and then nine, and then started kicking like heaps of goals. Like I was kicking like a hundred goals in year uh, under 11s and 12s. And I thought this is really good. And I wasn't the brightest kid as you could probably pick up. I was a bit of a shit. Don't cut yourself, Sean. Oh, I, I wasn't very smart. <laughs> I've learned a lot from my wife. She said, if I never met you, you would have been the dumbest person in the world. She's taught me a lot because she's very smart. But yeah, I, I put all the eggs in one basket with, with, with footy because I thought I'm pretty good at this. And I watching all the guys on the TV and thought this is my job. And I was lucky enough in year 11 to get drafted. So I was still in high school. But through my, my early days, I was a bit of a, yeah, as I said before, a bit of a shit of a kid, bit of ADD and all that sort of stuff. And my attention span wasn't great. You know, I'd always get in trouble and uh, it would have been a nightmare for my mum because my mum was a single parent, but my dad was on the scene, but dad never really, you know, wasn't really around and we'd stay there every second weekend and he did everything for us. So we'd always look forward to going to dad's because yeah. he'd give you money and buy a takeaway where mum was like, you know, mum quit her job to drive me around playing footy. So mum sacrificed a lot oh, um, wow. when I was younger. She had a really good job in the city and because I was playing footy and you had to get driven to all the different games and training. Yeah. So when I was at the Stingrays at like uh, 14 or 15, which is like a VSFL club, it's just sort of pathway to the AFL. We trained down at Padua and Frankston and we trained at Dandenong and we were all different places and you couldn't get there as a kid. <laughs> so mm. mum quit her job and she, no, she became a cleaner. Like she was cleaning toilets and stuff and, yeah. um, sacrificed. Yeah, I know. She's amazing. Mums are the best. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's actually a amazing thing to do. Like she sacrificed her life pretty much mm. to get me to be able to play footy. So that was the early, early years. You know, a lot of footy. I just played footy. We, we lived in a court and it was just sport. I just love playing sport. Love being out. And that was pretty much me as a kid. So it's might be a silly question for you, but we do like to know what our guests wanted to be when they were growing up. Oh, but it sounds okay. like yeah. you pretty I wa- early. I wanted yeah. to play footy. footy. I wanted to play footy. <laughs> so all the eggs were in that basket. Yeah. But I wanted to be a police officer. Okay. I was loved and I wanted to be like a school teacher, like a PE teacher. I could never do anything else, but <laughs> a PE teacher. But I always wanted to be a police officer. I just loved, I don't know. And still now, like I, to fast forward a few years, I, um, started studying to be a police officer. You've got to study ah. law. So I, when I I was, would not pick that, that you would have said that. You'd probably make a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'd make a good cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. I think I would. <laughs> so yeah, I, I studied at Griffin University in Queensland. So you could do it online. Yeah. And enrolled in the course, got stuck into it and was really enjoying it. But then I got hooked on online poker ah, right. and then got addicted to online poker. And then the schoolwork went out, the uni work. This was like in 2000. Oh, 2006 or seven, maybe. It's um, a scary world online. Yeah. Isn't it? And Unlined. it just banged. So I got cooked yeah. on that and then the police officer went and anyway. Mm, okay. So that. yeah, that was that. <laughs> but I did want to, I did want to do something other than footy. Yeah. You couldn't find two less people that know less about football, to be yeah. honest. But I, I, I have to say my husband is a tragic Carlton supporter. Oh, oh my God. The amount of tension that Carlton causes mm. in my home on a weekend. Yeah basis. Yeah. But no, so he is a tragic Carlton supporter and all your brothers are Carlton supporters. Oh, wow. So a long time between drinks. 95 was the last premiership. So yeah. I'm tipping your brother and your, uh, your partner and your brothers wouldn't have seen much success <laughs> Yeah, because there hasn't been any for about well, 30 Well, I feel years. sorry for my nephews because yeah. it's like a tradition yeah. in my family that all the males go for Carlton. Yes. And um, now my yeah. daughters too. They oh, go for Carlton. Well, at least you've yeah. got your daughters to go for Carlton. My, yeah. my daughter's barrack for Richmond. 
So they all yeah, barrack for right. Richmond. Not one of my kids barrack for Carlton. That's so funny. And they're like, Dad, why are we back for Carlton? They're crap. Yeah, I and know. I'm like, but they've won the most premierships. And they're like, not at the moment. So yeah. when they go to school, like when they sort of were barracking for Carlton, yeah. and they were like, sort of, we live Bayside. So they're all really St Kilda supporters. And that St Kilda were going pretty well at the time. And when they do like the grand final day parade and they're all St Kilda and then when Carlton was like boo they're crap and they're oh. like we're not barking for them anymore they yeah. just they went off and I'm like oh what's happened yeah my nieces and nephews keep switching and changing yeah, too know. their little hearts break when yeah. they they don't oh, no, they win get so upset. they get so upset yeah disheartening all right let's get into the good stuff though I want to know about your introduction to fatherhood oh uh, well to becoming a dad I was lucky enough to meet my now well, ex-wife was wife, fiance now, <laughs> strange, strange story. Uh, back in 2002, end of 2002, I think it was, I met her at the Stokehouse and through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you tell someone that you walk past the girl and you look back, you know, and you did a look back yeah, and you say, oh, she was hot, <laughs> but Sheila was looking back at me. Ooh. So we both look back at each <laughs> other to be. and I'm like, oh. who's that? And I look back and then. You know when you look back and you don't expect someone else to be looking back at you? Yeah. I shoot myself. You're blushing, like, oh my, by the way. Oh, my God, she's looking at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, who's that? And then I went and sat down with my mate, and then she sat down at the same spot. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's that girl. And then I found out she had a daughter, which was Mia, who is now my daughter, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I played the card of not talking to Alex that much because everyone was talking. She's beautiful. I played the I'll get friends with the kid card. Ah, nice angle. So, and I I love kids anyway. So I was, I'm a kid myself. I was only like 21, maybe 21, 22. And I went down the beach and just played with sandcastles and and just mucked around with Mia the whole night. Good move. Um, Yeah. So I always say that I fell in love with Mia before I fell in love with Alex because I did. And she was beautiful. So that was my introduction. How old was Mia at the time? Mia was three. Oh, okay. And now she's 21 going on 22. So yep. it's a, an amazing bond that we have. And I was very lucky to have met Alex, but, you know, even luckier that she had a daughter who became, you know, my first daughter. Oh, that's, mm. that's yeah. beautiful. So from your social media, from what I've seen, yep. you seem to be a very hands-on dad with your girls. Mm-hmm. And your little two-year-old Toby. Yeah, Tobes, yeah. What sort of approach do you have to parenting? Like, what's your vibe? As I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a kid myself, so, <laughs> so I'm always discipline, great. strong yeah, discipline. Yeah. <laughs> no discipline. Very strict rules. No rules. But I, I feel like I'm like this with most kids and even other people's kids. Like, Alex always says, you're on the same wavelength. That's all they get you. Um, I, I just have fun. Like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I loved just having fun. And I feel like if you are too strict on your kids. They, I don't want them to rebel, you know, when they're older. I've never pushed them into sport. I've never said, you need to play football because I played football. You need to do this and you need to do all your schoolwork and get everything right. Alex is a sort of the, the more disciplinary parent where if she yells, like I get scared. It's on. Like that means she's serious. But when I pretend to yell, they laugh. I'm like, do you really good? And they're like, ha good one, dad. Do like, they listen oh, to they you? They listen to a thing I say, but <laughs> I, I sort of love that in a way where we can have that fun as a parent. And, you know, I've had that with Mia and I've had that with Lenny and Lulu and now Tobes, like with the other kids, I, I was always at footy training and stuff and you go into state and you travel. So I wasn't really the stay at home dad I am now where, yeah. you know, Alex and I divorced in or 2000 or we separated in 2012 
and Alex started her own business up called Runway Room. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she did that from scratch because I'd lost everything like a moron. And she did that off her own bat. And then when we got back together, I didn't have a job. So I was a stay at home dad. So I got to be like that with Lulu, yeah. which was amazing. And I did like the cleaning and the cooking and the drop offs and the lunches while Alex was off working and trying to make money for us to live, yeah. which she did, which was amazing. And she was very successful in, in that aspect. But I got to feel how hard it was to actually be mm. a stay at home parent because it's bloody tough. Like I was off mm. going to, you know, f- full time job. I was going to footy training, playing <laughs> table tennis and having a great old time with my mates. And then I'd go out and train and, and I'm kicking a footy around a bit of grass. That is my job, which is awesome fun. Then we go to the movies and have lunch and you go out for dinner because you're always over that side. You never really went home. So you're just there at the footy club. Then I get home and Alex would be tired. I'm like, what are you tired for? Like you've just had the kids. Oh my God. It got to like 12 o'clock when I was like stay at home parenting and I would be like, please have a nap. I need to sleep. I was so tired. Yeah. It's such running, a good it's way so to. It's mentally draining. Yeah. It's hard work. It's yeah. such a good way though to appreciate each parent's differences oh though, because I obviously have similar conversations with my partner. So it's, you know, it's easy for you to, cause you sort of get that mental break yeah. when you go to work and he's like, but you don't know how hard and how emotional it is for me to have to leave you guys every day. Yeah. You know, that really sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm tired. And yeah. there'll be times where he, he, he might think like, what the hell have you done yeah. all day? <laughs> I've yeah. said have, that. Just I have a nap, babe. What have, you, yeah. what have you done? But it's so mentally draining in the fact that as a parent and you'd know that you don't switch off. Yeah. 24 hours a day. Wh- you're wh- responsible. What are they doing? Where are they? You're yeah. hungry. What are they doing? Cause you know, as, especially as a baby and you know, before they're sort of two or three, they don't really know what they want. So you're always preparing stuff and getting stuff done. And you know, I really, I, I learned the hard way, but it's a way where I've said to Alex and I love that she's a businesswoman. I could easily fall into that category of you go off and do what you need to do, hun, because you let me do that when I was playing footy. And I'm happy to stay at home with it. I love, like, I'm very lucky now that I work in radio. So I leave early in the morning. I do miss the breakfasts and the making the lunches and the drop off, which is probably the hardest bit because no kid wants the same lunch. I want that. I want that for breakfast. I want this for breakfast. I just eat the toast. But (laughs) I get to go home with my two-year-old Toby and hang out with her all day. I Which know. is the best. And it's the best Amazing. age. It's hectic, oh but there's so, so much good. fun, like seeing their little personalities develop oh, at that age. It's amazing. So I'm, uh, I'm very fortunate. So what's your everyday dad mantra? I always ring like Tobes on the way home and I'll be like, be about 9.30 and I'll, ring, I'll call Alf on FaceTime before I get in the car and I'll be like, daddy's coming home now. And she'll be like, <gasps> and she gets so excited. And then I always do this like a, <whistles> it's like a whistle. I've done with all the kids. So yeah. when I'm in the vicinity, I'll do that. And to watch their heads turn, because they know that that's me mm. coming, yeah. is the most precious thing you could ever see as a parent, because the the joy on their face that they know that you're here, yeah, like, it's so hard to explain the feeling you get, you like, and then they run up and you play, and I just hang out with Tobes all day. I play a lot of COD, I play PlayStation a fair bit. <laughs> yeah, PS5? PS5 <laughs> on the PS5, but Toby will be like, because she knows I love it, she'll go, she calls my phone B, because you know the B, like it's on Nickelodeon, I think it's... Um, oh, that's the D&B? D&B. 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 Yeah. A Monday, Tuesday, all that sort of stuff. And Crunchy goes, lunch. There's a song yeah, called Crunchy, Crunchy, Crunchy lunch. lunch. My lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You haven't, you haven't got <laughs> to that <laughs> stage yet. Yeah. It's, a, it's <laughs> so funny. So she calls the phone B. So she can work her way around the phone, which most kids can now, but she gets on YouTube and she'll go, I watch B, daddy, and you play COD. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yes. you are my perfect child. <laughs> so I, I yeah. just like, I just have fun. I, I, whatever the kids want to do, you know, I do it. And, and because I don't really have a job after nine o'clock, um, I'm able to do that. Dad, can you pick me up from here? Dad, can you drop me off there? Can you take me to this? I'm like, yep. 
because one day you're not going to have that. And I, I remember sitting, we were just about to go to LA for a holiday. And I sat on the couch to Al and I said, because, you know, Mia was 18, going on 18. The kids were, the kids getting older. Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do? I know. What are we going to do when the kids leave? Like, we're going to have to actually talk to each other. Like, what I are we going to do? It's going to be so it. boring. You're going to have to pick up some new hobbies. I know. And she's like looking at me. She's going, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> and I'm, it's quite sad. But she goes, you'll, you'll be stuffed because you live your life through your kids. Like, you, you, you're in trouble. Mm. And then like a week later, we went to... America, we went for like Easter. We had five days off. I'm like, let's, cause Lulu loves like YouTube and she loves Americans. She's never been to America before. And I said, we'll surprise Lulu and pick her up. And we'll, we literally, it was like the Tuesday before the Thursday, good Friday. Cause we had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off and Monday. And I go, well, let's just book a trip to America. Just <laughs> How spontaneous good is that? Bang. And pick up Lulu and tell her we're going to America. Cause she'll like freak out. Anyway, pick her up and we go, we're going to America. She's like screaming. And anyway, we fly into America and Alex and I are having champagnes and they're on the, by the pool. And Alex felt really sick. She thought it was like jet lag. And I'm like, mate, just have another bottle of wine. It'll be fine. We'll be sitting up on the balcony. The kid's having a ball. Went to Disneyland. She's like, oh, this jet lag's killing me. We get home. I'm sitting on the couch on the Tuesday after work because we have to come back to work on the Tuesday. And she comes in and you know, when you think you've done something wrong and your wife looks at you and you go, oh, what have I done? <laughs> and she looked at me and she had the, she had a pregnancy test. That's, just, that's where my mind was going. Yeah. And she's pregnant. like, she was pregnant that whole. Complete surprise. Complete surprise. Wow. And I'm like, oh my Beautiful God. Beautiful surprise. And I go, two weeks ago, I was saying what we're going to do now. We've got another 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to be doing with a kid? And she's like, you've got your wish. And I was wrapped. And she's like, oh my God, I hope, cause she wanted, really wanted a boy. And, but I didn't. I sort of didn't want a boy. Yeah. Because I'm like, if we have a boy, I don't think I know what to do. Like, mm. what's you've got a wee everywhere. Like the girls, like, because you nail it and you know exactly what's going to happen. And girls are the best. Like girls are so easy. And I think that the girls will love their father later in life. Where boys will be like, ah, you'll be right, dad, off to a home where the girls will really look after you. And I want mm. that. I, I love, I can't wait to get older mm. and have the girls look after you. Because I, I don't think boys would be able to do that. Such a special um, bond between yeah, father but, and oh, daughter. It's like, it's, it's the best. My, precious. Yeah, my husband, I've got two girls as well. And they've got such a beautiful bond. And mm. I did with my dad as well. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's really special. Obviously, you special. have that with your mum, but I think the father-daughter the father thing, daughter thing is really special. I could just picture if I had a little boy like me, <laughs> when I'm older, he'd be like, ah, you'll be right, mate. Like, he just wouldn't look after me as much as my kids it's would. It's true what you say, that girls sort of stick with their parents. Parents, they do. Boys go and do their own know? thing. Yeah, or they might tend to go off with their partner. Yeah, you know, and their they, wife yeah because their the wife's the boss. Yeah, <laughs> You're not going to your right. parents, we're going to my parents. Yeah. But it's funny as well, because I was just telling you before that I've got five brothers. Yeah. When I was born, sixth in line, my brothers wow. were really disappointed because they were saying... What are you going to do with her, mum? It's, it's, it's so unfair so, for her. She's going to be such a tomboy. You know, what are we going to what do we do with her? But I love it, and we know no different. It's yes. beautiful. But tell us what living in a house with five girls is like. Um, and, I, and I do have to add, I know you mentioned before, but did you at all hope that you were going to have a prodigy footy child, or are any of your girls showing any interest no, in a footy career? A footy. Um, <laughs> I always wanted to have a boy when you know when you. Even when I was like 18, I can't wait to have a boy and the father, son, father, but now there's father, daughter. So yeah. Lulu's sporty, but Lulu's like a girl who puts on a big facade. Like she thinks she's so cool on YouTube and she does TikTok. Yeah. But then when she gets, she's so embarrassed and really shy. Yeah. At home, she's like this sass, but then outside. <laughs> so she doesn't want to play footy because she's worried that the expectation that everyone's going to think that she's really good. 
because Lenny played footy, my first born yeah. with Al, <laughs> she, <laughs> she wore 25 and I was like, she, she's really crap. Like she's <laughs> really bad at footy and she knows it. Like we'll go, it's really funny. And then one of the guys goes, is that your daughter? Number 25. Nah, it's not my <laughs> And Lenny would laugh. Lenny would hear me and I'm like, but she just didn't want, she only did it because she wanted me to feel proud, feel proud of, yeah. of like her playing footy. Yeah. But then she played in the grand final. First year they made the grand final and it was pouring with rain. It was the worst day. Mm. And she got the ball on the boundary line from about, I don't know, 15 meters out and kicked it over her head and it went through the goals. And I was oh, like, that's my girl. And I went nuts and Lena kicked one goal for the game because it poured and she kicked the only and goal for the ground final. And, oh, then, and then she get, comes up to me afterwards and there's a beautiful photo of someone took it. I didn't even know who'd taken it. And it got sent to me. I think it was on Instagram. Someone sent it to me of I'm facing obviously to her and she's run up. She's got her legs wrapped around me oh. and she's cuddling me. And when I got sent that photo, because you don't realize it in the moment. And it was just yes. such a beautiful photo. And she sent to me when I put her down, she goes, I think I'm going to retire, dad. <laughs> Smart. But I know what he means. She goes, I've won a premiership. The top of her game. I am out of the top Hanging of my up game. The boots. She's never played again. <laughs> she's hung up the boots. But I think Lulu or Toby may go down the sporting pathway. I mm-hmm. think maybe. But, you know, I, I don't really, doesn't really bother me that I didn't have a boy. I think, mm. you know, you get what you're given. And mm. we're very lucky to have four healthy kids. And that's the main thing. And I always said that to Alan. She said it to me. She goes, oh, let's just. As long as the kid, the baby's healthy and that's all that matters and it doesn't matter what they do as long as they're healthy. And when your baby's born, you know, you go through all the tests and it's so, you know, it's, it's so nerve wracking to see everything. And when the baby comes out and you look at her and it's just, you know, can never, ever picture how amazing it's going to be and the emotion mm-hmm. that you have, you know, it's something that, you know, getting married's fun, but having a, the birth oh, of your children is yeah. a, by far the greatest day of your life. Yeah, it seriously. I was just reflecting back, actually. I remember like when, because Alex had Caesars with the three younger ones. Yeah. And and we see it come out first and Alex's little head's there (laughs) and she's like, where's my baby? And the the joy on her face and like the tears of emotion and you get the instant love. Like It's incredibly powerful, isn't it? Oh my God, because with Lenny... Were you crying? Did I cry? No, with Lenny, I didn't. I was like, what the hell? Because it was mm. the first, I've oh. never seen it before. I'm like, what the hell's just happened? I had, I was supposed to get the camera, I had all the camera ready, you know, the dad, like, like a tourist, I've got the camera ready. I forgot to do everything. I froze. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on because she was knocked out. She had to get knocked out. Yeah. And so I was the first, so I went off and weighed Lenny and oh. she did a little tarpoo that they do and I was waiting and like Alex was gone for like an hour. Right. So I was sitting in the, in the suite waiting for, in the hospital room, waiting for Alex to come back in and Lenny's screaming and she was trying to like eat my boob. <laughs> I'm like, you know, cause it, the yeah. instincts just to go. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't help you. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. And she screamed for like 45 minutes. And oh, I'm like, wow. ah, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then Alex came in and she's like, where's my bait? And then like, bang, I gave Lenny to <laughs> Alex and Lenny went straight on the boob. And I don't think I've ever heard her cry since. Quiet immediately. And was like, yeah, amazing. I'm like, what has just mm. happened? And the baby just knew that that was her mum. And the bond that you have with your, <sighs> with your baby was just. Uh, oh, it's, Magic. It's so powerful. Mm. Yeah, got you girls going. I know, <laughs> yeah. tearing up. Mm. You recently opened up about your daughter Mia being targeted online yeah. by some trolls. Yeah. So as a parent, I feel social media is super, super scary. Obviously, yeah. my kids are still young, so they're not on social media at all yet. But how do you sort of navigate this with your girls, um, particularly the teenagers? Yeah, well, it was tough because, you know, the, what the, the paper wrote a certain quote 
you know, she was devastated and Alex was crying and, and, you know, it was a pretty tough time for her and for people behind the, the keyboard to target her as a parent and any parent, you just got to be there for her and she's pretty strong. Yeah. She's a pretty strong girl and, you know, she comes from a, a mother who's probably the strongest woman I know. Yeah. So, you know, she's, you know, talked her through it and helped her and the thing is that people can target people, but at the end of the day, you know, when they've got a strong backbone behind them, you know, she'll yeah. prosper and she's a pretty smart kid and she's got her own business and you know, she's done a uni degree and she's, yeah. um, yeah, she's flying. So she, she's going to be good, but it's just, you know, that certain point in that, like those couple of days was pretty heartbreaking. And she's like, why, why, why has this happened to me? But at the end of the day, you know, Alex was, uh, she was amazing. Like she just talked her out down and she was upset, but what off a duck's back now. So she's, she's pushes on and yeah. Gets on with business. Is there an open narrative with your kids about social media? And um, I mean, obviously you're in the public eye, you've experienced it all and yeah. more. So do they ask you or do you tell them or you sort of give them the support that they need? You give them the support they need. And, you know, obviously I mucked up a bit when I was younger, so they can read Google. Um, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got enough money to buy Google to write half of that stuff off. So you just sort of talk to them about what happened and back in the day and talk to them about it. And I think if, as long as you're honest with your kids mm. and they're honest with you, that's where the respect comes. When the kids start to go behind your back and do certain things. I, I remember Mia back in the day, she had, um, oh God, this was, would have been when she was year seven or eight. She had a, like a secret Instagram account because oh. all the girls at school, yeah. the kids at school We're had one, it. they were all yep. doing it and we found it and you know, it was it just wasn't a good one. But the, there was like 2,000 of the kids from that school all had a secret account. Yeah. And then she lost like for like six months, lost all her phone and everything. Mm. And then she's never done it again, like never been like that again. We always tell the other kids, well, yeah. you do this. Mm. Um, so we're good with the punishment sort of, it's so hard to say punishment because you don't punish your kids. You, you take things away that they want. Yeah. And it, and works, it works because right? they realise how much they want that and they need that because it's a, you know, it's a in thing now, social media and that's how they all communicate with each other. Mm. Times have changed. Back in my day, we just have a cup with a bit of string and... MSN Messenger <laughs> we had, but... Um, like MySpace. <laughs> so we want to talk about mental health with you. Mm-hmm. This is often something that males don't speak about yep. enough mm-hmm. and you obviously went through a very rough patch yeah. during your footy career where you suffered from depression yep. and alcohol gambling yep. addiction. During this point, did you just sort of feel out of control or were you trying to escape something? What was sort of going on? I think the the, the thing with addiction is you don't admit it. So you don't know really yeah. what's happening because you don't want to admit it yourself. So you just play on. And I think that people go, oh, you used to drink all the time and get in so much trouble. But I hardly ever really drunk. And when I did drink... I got in trouble because you went out and I always explain it like I was like a volcano, like it's just been sitting there ready to erupt. And then when you're out, you go numb and you lose all the power because you don't care. And then everything just erupts and and then you act out, which is not really you. So problem I had, you know, I was gambling massively, um, you know, things weren't going well in your life, but I didn't talk to anyone about it because as a male, as you said earlier, um, you felt like you were weak. Yeah. You'd tell your mates and you think that they, especially being in a footy club, you think that they think less of you and then you, they disrespect you because, you know, you're a sook and you're whinging about what's going on in your life and you've got problems and you shouldn't have problems. And especially out in the public, oh, you earn money, you've got the life set up, you've got beautiful family. What could possibly be going wrong in your life? That doesn't mean you can't be suffering from and that's, mental health. And that's, you know? but that's what, you, that's what I was thinking. It wasn't until I got put into a mental clinic in Queensland in New Farm. 
it really changed my life. I was in there for, supposed to be in there for a week. Yeah. And I spent, you know, close to 70 days in there. And the people in there, there were some really, really sick people. So, you know, there was a, a young lady in there that, her name was Shelby, who was an amazing woman. She'd been in there for t- institutionalized for close to 20 years, never been yeah. out. She wore all black, just drank milk, never spoke to anyone, just sat by herself all the time. And I was like, so there's a reason I think I went in there. And the reason was to help her. I know yeah. it's so weird to explain this. I don't think I've really, really ever talked about this much, but I was like, I made it my goal to get her to socialize. So it was hard. It was hard. She was hard to crack, but me being just me, I was like, kept going up to her every day yeah. and sitting with her and chatting with her. Good on you for doing to that. To a point where she got out, like after I did, but she got out, like I got her a phone and I got her, I took her shopping one day cause I was allowed her out and then she was never allowed her out. So I took her shopping one day and I remember the channel nine. So back in the day when I was going through this, it was in the paper, you're weak and your mental health and blah, blah, blah. They were people out front of the mental clinic, cameras, like putting yeah, cameras over. So pathetic, it? was it? so bad. So they followed us in a cab. We went shopping. And they followed us in a cab and as we're crossing the road, she's like, she's like shoving these people, leave him alone, leave him alone. I took her shopping and I brought her all this beautiful stuff and like all colored stuff and Ugg boots. And we went back and she was the most amazing woman. She lived the most extraordinary life. It was, what happened to her was awful, but people couldn't believe that I'd literally turn her into a different person. What a beautiful thing that you did And it did was unbelievable. Like, like I, I felt like that's the reason I went in there. I went in there for my own problems, but I had this connection with her, which was really, I don't know, it's so hard to explain. Unless it sounds like in, you helped each other out. Yeah, we helped each by, other. By yeah. you helping her, yeah, it was actually me. fulfilling something yeah. in you that I, you needed. And I, and I was like, geez, I, I don't need to be in here, but I think that I was in here for this reason, but it actually sorted my whole life out. I got sacked from footy in rehab. My footy career was over and I was like, what am I going to do? But I was like, I'm 29. I've got a family. I need to like own up to this stuff and, yeah. and start becoming, you know, the person that I should be for, for my family. And yeah, and then obviously, you know, whatever's happened, happened now. So mm. did you think that you could have a career after footy? Like, was there a kind of a, oh God, a point no. that led, like led you to believe in yourself and believe that you could? I was like, oh my God, I'm 29 and done. What's <laughs> happened? My life's over. No, I, I. A lot of people were saying that, oh, your life's over, what are you going to do? And I'm like, my life's just starting. I'm young. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what I can do. I didn't really have a background in school or. Is that how you felt at the time though? Like my life's still just starting. I'm still young. I did. I, or... I thought, look, I'm, on, I'm in my thirties, but you know, Alex was a massive help. Like she, mm. there's a song by Katy Perry called Firework. Yeah. And she said, this is you. Like mm. there's still a fire burning inside you. Like you need to find your, she goes, listen to these words. Yeah. This is you. Like you need to do this. Mm. And that's always been sort of my song because she, she knows me more than, better than I do. But I knew at 29, I could do something. Mm. Yeah. God, I only played footy from, you know, for 12 years, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew something would happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I was lucky enough that it did. So was it depression that you suffered? It was depression in a way where like I'd sit in my room and I'd just be sitting there and I just wouldn't want to get out and I just didn't want to do anything. And then I'd be like miserable driving a training. And then when I got to training, I was like, hey, everybody, like, mm. woo. And then I'd get back in the car after and be like, oh, God, yeah. because that's over. Like, whether manic, that's depression or not, but lows. it was just highs and lows. Yeah. I don't know, it was a, like a split personality where I'd rock into a footy club and be yeah. like, people were like, oh, my God, what? You're like the happiest person ever. Like, mm. you're so like 
carefree and don't care, but like no one really knew what was going on. Putting up a facade, yeah, probably at football, yeah. Mum used to always say, you put up a facade, you'd never, never express your feelings. And I'm like, I don't know, but <laughs> shush, stop telling everyone. So you had experienced emotions like that earlier? From a young before, age, from yeah, a young from a young age. age. Yeah. I, I, I did it all the time. But yeah. now I'm happy and, and express your feelings. And I think especially with your kids, you express your feelings and it helps them as well because, you know, especially with young teenage girls, you know, they like to put up the barrier and you got to try to crack into it. And especially being a dad, you can't crack into it because they're like, not for you, dad. This is, this is a mum chat. And I'm like, teenage oh, yeah. Whoa, girls. yeah, like teenage girls, but I, I love it. Ah, well, Fev, you're such a busy man, dedicated father of four girls. And we know you probably don't get a lot of spare time, but when you're not when you do and you're not playing PS5, what, <laughs> what do you like to do for a little bit of, you know, self-care? Self-care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. No, like, you know, to feel, what do you feel good? Yourself. That sounds even worse for, you know. For self-care. Yeah. Now, t- to tell you the truth, like. It's important. You could probably, if you ask Alex this question, like, <laughs> I never do anything just for myself. And she hates that. She's like, we can't go out for dinner because you always want the kids there and we can't do this because you want to go to the kids. And like, I always go like, oh, we should go stay at Crown. The kids will love it. She goes, well, why can't we just go stay at Crown? Because I'm like, well, I want the kids to come. I miss you. I always want to do something with the kids. But I think I still play footy and I think that's my self-care. Like I go, like when I go to training and hang out with the boys, you feel young still. So, you know, when I go out and play footy, I've got that two hours where it's just me and hanging out with my mates. I think that's you know, my happy place where yeah. I can just have, you know, it's just me and my mates, but I don't really go like the boys will be going, oh, let's go to the pub for a beer. And I'm like, oh, I've done that. Like, I don't really, I'm 40 now. I'd, I'd rather sit at home with Al and the, hear the kids playing in the room and we sit there and have a wine and yeah. watch some stupid show on Netflix <laughs> that we're addicted to or Stan or something. And I think especially with lockdown, like, you know, we all went through that harsh time in lockdown and I said on ours, I loved it. Like lockdown yeah. was the best because yeah. I still got to work. I was working in Mia's bedroom. She hated it because I had to wake her up every morning to get out and go sleep in my bed. But everyone was at home. Everyone was there. And Alex and I were like smashing wine and watching shows. And I was so cooking good. dinner because I cook. Alex doesn't cook. I was cooking them lunches and taking them up and they were at school. And I was bringing them in like these gourmet lunches. And I was going up and getting their plates and I was cooking them dinner. And like we we're all there t- together. And that's like family bonding. It was just so much fun. Mm. And then when it all went off to school again, I'm like, ah, what's going on? Just <laughs> me and Tobes. a rare time in, yeah, in life. It was just so together. strange. And for poor Tobes, like, cause she was like one. Yeah. She didn't really know anyone. So she'd like my mom and my dad and Alex's parents, she'd FaceTime and stuff. Mm. But then when they came over after lockdown, she was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. people, <laughs> yeah. who are you? I thought you just lived yeah, in the ah, screen. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing? But yeah, I'd much rather for me time be with my family. Oh, yeah. That's Sounds lovely. corny, but it's true. Yeah. So I've got one more question for you. How do you think you went from being one of the most sort of controversial and often negatively targeted people in the media to now being one of Australia's most loved uh, media personalities? <laughs> um, this sounds corny too, but it's, it's Alex. You know, if I didn't have her, God, I don't know where I'd be. I, I literally don't, you know, a lot of people might say that. and But God, she's been my guide, my rock. Everything she, like, I would say, oh, if like back in the day, I'm going out with my mates. She'd be like, what's going to happen if you go out with your mates? Like, and I'll be, I'll be right and then reason. I'll get in trouble. But she is, she's yeah. like, and she knows what I'm going to say before I even say it. Like, mm. I was like, do you have mates? She's in my head. But she, she was amazing. She, 
I lived up in Yarrawonga for a long time. You know, obviously, you know, I went bankrupt from the punt, so we had to pay a lot of money to think. She was living with her mum. I was living up in Yarrawonga. She was paying my rent. I drove a little RAV4 that she owned. She was supporting. We weren't even together, yeah, and she right. was still supporting me. And, like, for someone to do that, yeah, she's an amazing woman, and you know, I'm very lucky to have her. Sounds like an incredibly strong yeah, strong and woman. it's and yeah, she's amazing, woman. and we've been through a lot of crap, but to get to the other side and still have what we have, I think mm. it's like meant to be, and God knows where I would be without it. So everything that has happened to me that's good is because of her. Well, Feb, thank you so much for being a part Thanks of our for having Talking me. First guy. Club. <laughs> being our first male and for giving yeah. us your time today, we really appreciate no it, worries. and um, look forward to seeing you soon. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Feb. That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes. Hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common. Or you can check out our Facebook page, which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and as always, thanks for listening.